Welcome to Mindfuck, the official podcast of Status Flow. Yes, we did change the name of the podcast for two reasons. Number one, the Status Flow podcast was really a boring title and that was driving me insane. And two, yeah, this is kind of a mindfuck. We are seriously going to fuck with your mind in ways that are epic and awesome and that are going to be completely and totally transformative so you can get out of your own way and achieve your impossible moonshot goals. This is not the only way to do it. You can go to statusflow.net, check out all the ways you can make the impossible a reality. We have our flagship program, Moonshot. It's a group coaching cohort. We have one-on-one engagements. We have team engagements. And of course, you can apply to be on Mindfuck. Today, we have Heather Thornswood. Heather, it is so good for you uh, to be here. Thank you so much for uh, engaging and being a part of this. It is so good for me to be here. I I really need it. I feel like this is the right time. So I'm so grateful that you have me on. Thank you. Outstanding. Okay. So tell me, tell me a little bit about who you are and what would be valuable for you uh, today with this. Um. You know, there's a there's a lifetime of, you know, luggage uh, one might carry around. And I do. Um, I think the thing in life that has propelled me to this point to reach this reach out to you is. My probably my career and my self-esteem around it, Um, it had gone really well up until a certain point in life. Uh, and I have my ideas about, you know, why I wouldn't say it went south, but I but I took on heaps of damage. <laughs> and then I dragged that around with me for probably the last 15 years. And you get to that midlife. And if I have a crisis, that's the only one. Um, but it's bugging the shit out of me. Um, and I I can intellectualize my way out of it. And then right. when I go to act from my heart or my belief on it. I don't get nearly as far as I'd like to. Um, and then I get pissed off and I've been talking about this getting over myself. Like mm-hmm. you'll do it and you'll be good by the time you're 50. Well, here I am. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> I'm so, not doing it yet. So. Okay. So you, you sound like you're very self-aware. You have a very clear idea of what's going on and who you are and, and what the hangups are. So my invitation to you is to really go there. If we get into something, you know, you know, we're sharing this with our audience if we get into something that you decide, oh crap, that is not something I want to, I want broadcast, then go there anyway. And then let me know, we'll cut it out. We'll stop the recording, whatever we need to do. We can, we can scrap the entire podcast if we need to, but it sounds like you're really ready for something. And so I'd love to see you get it. So Thanks, tell man. me what is the, uh, what is the bruise, the wound, the, uh, what, what is the thing here? Right. How long is the podcast? Just kidding. <laughs> as um, long as to be. <laughs> um, I think, uh, I wish I could articulate it better. Uh, if I were able to, I think maybe I wouldn't be here and I'd be moving on a bit. It's tangled as these things tend to be. Um, there was probably maybe in like 2007 or eight, you know, the economy kind of, you know, went sideways and we were right, maybe- I heard something some- about that. Something about that again. Um, and I happened to leave the relative safety of a job in advertising, which if you know anything about the industry is everybody acts like somebody's gonna die and they're they're not. I mean, I used to work in an ER where people did die and nobody in that room got as upset as people do in an ad conference room. 
So the stakes were always very high, but I had done well. And then I moved to another city to take on a much bigger job. And it was nothing culturally like where I had come from. And I, and I really didn't cope well. Um, I would say two things happened. And for the use of you being able to use this podcast, I'm not going to name where it was, though I would love to. Okay. Um, uh, uh, there was a lot of misogynistic uh, culture value at the at this particular place, and a very pronounced, um, you know, women being hypersexualized, whether no matter what position you had. So mm-hmm. by bosses and people senior to me, that was happening. And then women who were my peers were very unsupportive. And I found out that one of them was sort of torpedoing me and going to this, the head, the president of the company. Um, and I, I didn't know what the fuck to do. Um, and I didn't stay for very long. I left. Um, but every day I went home in tears, crying, like, how could I have won all of these awards and been so productive and doing well in one place and then go to another place and I'm still me and it's absolutely the wrong thing to be. And so then I just had kind of a series of, of those where there's like one that's great, sucks like hell, I leave another one like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then they get bought out and you know, it sucks. And then you, I leave. So it, it, I'm kind of repeating a cycle. So okay. thanks to digital, I was like, well, maybe I should just stop doing agencies because that's, they are rather brutal, which I knew. Um, but even the agency was not nearly as brutal as this in-house corporate place. So it's fucked with me pretty hard. and made me question myself and where before I would have taken big risks and I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not the big risk taker I once was because I'm too fearful and broken. I mean, there's a part of me that's that it broke me. And I don't mm-hmm. know, I put a lot of it back together, but I'm not all the way there. I'd be doing what I want to do. What do you want to do? Uh, work for myself and, you know, go out and get clients. And I don't want to say, I don't want to blame it on society, but I do recognize that in the agencies I have, the two I've started, I sold one, the other one I just closed down. It's hard to make a big ass deal to do all the national TV for Macy's um, if you're only two girls sitting in a room. But if you bring your accountant with you, who's a man, then they sign the contract. Do you say that because it's true or is it true because you say it? I say that because in that instance, it's true. Okay. That instance. It, well, and that was, that's just, that's one that's uber clear because when we were there with a, okay, let's do this. Um, they hesitated and said they needed to think about it, which was really hedging a bet. You could tell that was not authentic. So we bought some time and then flew back with our accountant, you know, who was a guy and he sat there and talked them through the money thing again. And then they signed it. And I was like, Oh shit. So that has been repeated, maybe not in such utter clarity, but that's been half of a solid half of my experience. If I'm alone or with another woman and you're presenting in front of a lot of guys, which a lot of marketing advertising tends to be run by men, um, you're just the cute girl. And if you're strong, you're bitchy. And I hate to say that that's the old trope, but it exists for a reason. 
Yes. And the more you subscribe to this in your mental framework, the more you will recreate this paradigm. A thousand percent. Right. And guess what? I'm doing exactly that. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, you know how good I am at it. I'm sure you're, I mean, look, you, you clearly, you're clearly a very powerful woman. You're very smart. You have an energy about you. There is a, um, as, as I look at you and I know on the podcast, you know, uh, audience listening wouldn't be able to see you, but I can see you. And there is a strength and an energy about you that we both know is there. Yeah. And we can spend a lot of time talking about how they are not receiving you, how they are not giving you the credibility that you deserve, that we both know you have. And I would ask you, what do you suppose your role in this co-creation is? You know, I'm just going to go straight to it. Where are you holding? You're holding back. Like you are clearly holding yourself back. You are way more powerful and you have way more ability to create your reality than you're accessing. And so why are, what is holding you back? Okay. <laughs> um, right now, I should ask again, how long do we have? I mean, the it, it, not interesting uh, fear. I'm not even That's sure right. fear of what. Like, it could be fear that when I've maybe cast a line a little bit to see how far I could go with my power. It didn't turn out well. And so I don't know, I learned not to, or I've been trying to figure out, is there a way around it? There, this, there clearly is not, but I, I don't okay, know. So I've that been, that right there is going to stop you. Yeah. I mean, I've been buying my own story. Right. Yeah. Okay. What's a specific example of what you're talking about right now? Um, not that anyone truly does. There's probably three people on the planet, but you know, uh, new business like pipelines, like I can get everybody all ready. And once somebody makes the call to get us in and you go pitch, amazing. I'm great. No problem. I'm not the person that can make that, that call. And I don't know if I, I want to be, but I guess I want to be because I don't want to have to reply on someone else to go get things like new business where you have to be super confident and even though somebody hangs up on you nine times, you come right back at him. Like, you know, our friend who like, you know, he walks away, like it's like water off a duck's back and, and I'm overly sensitive and I let it crush me. And then I'm like, uh, and I take two weeks to build my grit. What is right story in your head that you are using these situations to support? Support, say it again in another way. You're creating a meaning around the outcomes of these events. And you're using these, these things like, oh, it didn't go this way, or this didn't happen, or that didn't happen, or whatever it is. And that means what? That proves that what? Yeah, proves that I was right, that I really can't do it. Okay, so this is a good old-fashioned I'm not good enough thing. Super dull, right? I mean, God, it's something interesting. <laughs> I mean, you know, we can boil most of these things down to like five core bullshit stories. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. I'm not lovable. I'm not like, you know, like it's, it's just, 
it's going to go straight to a, a very small handful. Oh yeah, that that's just connecting the dots. I have all of those. <laughs> okay, look, you're the core of what's going on here is that there is something in you that absolutely refuses to believe you are, as we both ultimately know you are. You're wishing you're that way. You're hoping there you're that way. There's a certain part of you that believes. I know I'm strong enough. I know I'm good enough. But here's, I'm just going to tell you how the universe works um, because you, you've, got, you've got the thing backwards. The wound that you have, this I'm not good enough thing, the universe is not going to let you off the hook here by giving you the thing that you want so that you can prove that you're good enough because you won't learn a fucking thing if that happens. And the universe doesn't work that way. Oh, yes. That's that's like being a snowplow parent or a helicopter parent or whatever. That's like the universe going, oh, let me take care of this for you. No. <laughs> yes. your, your frequency, your, I mean, I'm going to get straight to it with you because I can. Um, your energy, your frequency, like where you're vibrating right now to sound like a West Side fucking hippie. I'm really not. I, this is just this is just energy, right? Um, you are operating in this thing where you are asking things to happen so that you can then know you're good enough. And it mm. doesn't fucking work that way. Yeah. You have got to know you're good enough first and then the thing happens. You need to be in the frequency of the vibration of the energy field of the person that has already done the thing that you haven't done yet. You have to know it before you do it, not do it so you can know it. Amen. Yep. So what do you have to do to really get inside and know beyond the mental, you know it mentally, but knowing it mentally is nonsense, right? That's like, I, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I like smokers or something that's, I know smoking is bad for me, right? You know it, but you're smoking three packs a day or whatever. Like you don't <laughs> really know it, right? right? If it's not like, like you say to me, I know I can do this. No, you don't. Not really, not in an embodied way, not in your cellular structure, not in your heart, not in your energy field. Because yeah, that's true. That's totally right? true. If yeah. it is not being reflected back to you in your physical world reality, you don't actually know it. You only know it academically. So what do you need to do to know this in your body, in your being, in your entire human system, mind, body, soul, to know that you are good enough to know that you can do this before you actually do it. Well, certainly I hope that that's something uh, you've have some clues on <laughs> doing what you do for a living. I, I know that in the, the bigger space of the world, um, being very much a, I'm not a caretaker, but I'm an, I'm, a very big nurturer. I often care for myself last. Um, and okay, that is unacceptable. Yeah, totally unacceptable. Um, and I do have some time, I've had some time behind me and a little bit of time ahead of me in the, in the very short term that I feel like I need to make it about me and do some of that. You know, I got to dig in that dirt and, and make it a priority. 
I mean, I, I like to do this as much as possible without digging around in your childhood. And because if I can skip that part, I really like to, because it's just yeah. faster. If we need to go back in there and reorient yourself to a memory of the moment when you decided you weren't good enough. I mean, we can certainly do that. Oh, I can. know when that is. Yeah. He, yeah. When I'm was it? Okay. What, what was uh, it? I was probably about six. What happened? Um, I was sexually abused by a, a guy who was a friend of my family at a, they left, they, I, they lived on a beach. They had a beach house in Southern California and I wanted to stay overnight at the beach house. So mm. they let me. Wow. So that, and then I felt like, you know, then you, you're not supposed to tell anybody and they're not going to believe you anyway. And I couldn't, I couldn't rectify even in my little tiny brain of how can this thing happen and, and have bombed such a massive weight of something that I could tell was wrong, you know, and really awful and then not be able to say anything because then they, you know, you got blamed, you know, it was because you were there or you were cute right. or you know, whatever. Um, yeah. I, th- I mean, that's, that was the initial crack in okay. the facade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not whining about, it. I mean, I've had so much fucking therapy over it. I mean, I get it. No, I get that you get it. Um, and again, but I'm clearly not past it. Right. <laughs> Well, not fully. What is affecting you right now is not what happened then. Yep. Right? Because that's not happening now. What's affecting you now is how you're holding it in your consciousness and how you're remembering this. Yeah. And you understand academically that what happened had nothing to do with you. Right. Right. It had everything to do with this person who has a pathology that is trackable through psychology and blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's, and this was his issue, his circuitry that had nothing to do with you. Yeah. I was going to say residually, I think the thing that was the complication, not that we have to like stay here either is, you know, often kids, as you know, or people when you're young and something awful happens to you, if you do say something or someone who's supposed to be your caretaker, you know, you right. say something and they do nothing. The betrayal is actually larger on the caretaker side where you, this awful thing happened. I don't blame that guy. You know, you, uh, the pathologies, then you get. Right. Typically children will blame the caretaker who didn't take care. And, you know, so I had parents that I did say something to, mm-hmm. um, and essentially nothing ever happened. Not even essentially. I mean, they never asked me about it again. Nobody said any, it was like, it wasn't true. Right. Which is also not about you. Right. right. Cause, and, and there could be a lot of reasons for this. This could be like, oh my, like, like cognitive dissonance is like a fucking real thing. <laughs> and if, and if, if you have a, a child comes to a parent and says this thing happened, that parent may not be able to reconcile how Absolutely. awful it is or going to denial, or maybe it goes to, oh my God, I'm such a bad parent. I, I will tell you right now, my father, my father was pretty abusive when I was growing up and he has no memory of this. We've actually talked about it recently. And he even called my sister and said, is this your memory as well? And she said, yes. Okay. And Corroboration. Right. And so he, he really, he has no memory of it. And I could theorize why that is. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe he just couldn't reconcile 
that at all. And he went into, you know, all kinds of humans are impressive in their abilities to create strategy, survival strategies, and to avoid some really deep-seated guilt, shame, pain, whatever it is. Maybe your caretakers could not reconcile, oh my God, I'm such a bad mom. This can't be true or else I, I can't cope with it. And so oh, there's sure. a lot out. Yeah. Uh, and for you, and I, and I know you know all this, but the, the, the disconnect between, wait a second, I am six years old and my understanding is that you are here to love and protect me and keep me safe. And I'm telling you I'm not safe. And now you're not engaging. I, like it's a really confusing thing, which can create such a disassociation, right? Um, well, then I thought it, it maybe it was my fault because I'm the one that wanted to stay, you know? So I asked for it, but anyway, yeah. Your ears of therapy over that. Right. Tremendous compassion once I got older to know, God damn, my poor parents, like what the fuck? Like how horrible for them. I mean, what the hell would you do? Like, I mean, getting older has helped a lot, but it doesn't mean that chink in that chain. It just, I haven't, I haven't welded it back together. So it's still, I'm dragging it around like the ghost of Christmas past. (laughs) What would welding it back together look like? That is a, that is a stellar question. I'm not, I'm not usually a bit stunned or stymied for words, but I am. You're caught in a feedback loop here. (laughs) No, what would welding it together look like? So interesting. You're saying I haven't done this yet, but you have no idea what doing that is. No, I don't. Well, do I? Let's explore that. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, great. Clearly I don't. I've tried. I've tried. I haven't done it. Welding this together. Well, let's start with this. If it were welded together, whatever that means, like what, like what, what does that mean? I guess that's the question. To me. um, Yeah. I would hope it would, if not fully equal to me, at least signal to me the authenticity of having an unflagging self-confidence. Okay. So if this were welded together, you would have an unwavering self-confidence. Within reason, sure. I mean, (laughs) With what? by staying by staying an alert human, you know who's got who's in touch. I would certainly, I wouldn't want to, you know, put on the blinders that I'm always right all the time and I'm amazing. But you know, right for the right reasons of having. Well, that's confidence. that's an ego arrogance thing. That's not that's, that's not right. the same thing as self confidence. That's not what this is, right? An un, an unwavering self confidence. I think that's achievable. Somebody with a, with an unwavering self confidence doesn't think they're always right. That's that's right. egoic. Right. That's pride, right? Somebody that just knows. They can handle whatever's happening. Where they, I, I got this. Like, okay, even when I fucked up, I, I still got this, right? right. Um, so if were this, if this were to be welded together, I would have an unwavering self confidence. If, if I'm getting that right, yeah, I think at this stage, yes, that's it. that's good. Okay, so when you say if this were welded together, what's the this? Uh, just the the broken, you know, the the two chinks of the chain that don't meet yet. Okay, what are those two? What are those two links? 
What's what are the two links that are not meeting? Uh, maybe I explain it wrong. Um, I guess it's just the hole in the middle of the chain that you know has stopped the growth or the ability to have an unwavering sense of self, a confidence. Maybe I'm not answering you. The can you ask again? Ask again in another way. What needs to be put together? <laughs> All of me. Just kidding. Um, See, this is a big thing right here. There's there's this this ideology that you're so shattered and so fucked <laughs> up and so broken. Yeah, well, I mean, some of it I think is uh, uh, maybe a, a rut of like a communication style, you know, where some of it is like, mm, some of it's true, but not necessarily like, I don't want to be flip, but I do have a tendency to be flip. So, um, you know, cause it gets you out of sticky situations when you can be funny and deflect everybody. Um, it's a fantastic defense mechanism, but the, like the I know, less, the less defensive not the thing are, I wish I was good at. Cause I am. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get no, sarcasm and humor are great defense mechanisms. Yeah. I have used them quite often, but this is going to get a lot better. Yeah. If you can knock, if you, if you can stop this bullshit for like a minute. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I fucking don't know. Sitting here in this moment on that question. If, even if I didn't want to tell you the answer, I'm not sure that I, I don't, I don't have it um, in this moment. So you have set up a psychological construct if I'm hearing this right, you've set up a psychological construct wherein you are so broken and disconnected and you have given yourself no opportunity to an alternate reality because you don't know what's disconnected. You don't know what the hold is. You don't know what reconnecting it looks like. You just know there's a disconnection and you're all broken. Some of that's true. Okay. Some of it is not accurate. Where, where am I not accurate? It not resonating. Okay. I don't think it's not a, I don't think that I'm totally shattered and broken and like a heap on the floor. Good. Most of the time, I'm most of the time not. Um, right. It's the situations when you sort of, I don't want to say power up because that's not the right thing either. You don't want to power up on anybody, but the confidence starts to slip away if the situation um, starts to degrade, I guess. You know, if I go back to a, a business pitch, um, that's when the, the lack of confidence, you know, starts to creep back in. And in that fever pitch of that kind of moment, um, I'm not very good at, at switching that off. Okay. Starts to feed the loop where it's like, oh my God, they saw it. They're, they're right. They know I'm a jackass. I don't know. I'm making this all up, you know, that, and then you're like, no, no. Then you have the angel and the devil on your shoulders. And mm -hmm. hang on. So there's a there's a strategy here. Do you have um, Do you have any like, upcoming meetings where <laughs> the potential for this kind of thing to unfold is high? Where they can say, we need to get back to you. And you've got the whole, I'm a woman thing. And, and, um, 
nothing huge like that in the near future. Some smaller things, but I'm not, but I don't feel unconfident at all about those. You know, they're slightly less people in the room, not quite so high stakes. Okay. And that's what's crazy to me is that I can, I can hang on to the, I can be the me that I think I'd like to be or the think the the person, you know, the dog and my friends think I am <laughs> in those, those smaller groups where, you know, you've got support behind you or um, yeah, just a smaller group. But when it gets to be big and kind of anonymous, right. that's where I lose my footing. What's the difference between the small groups and the big ones? I think intimacy of the the team or the room, you know, people a little better people see you as a, as a person, not just, you know, some person who's trying to get new business out of them. What would be the difference in your experience if you went into the big group, the same way you go into the smaller group? Hmm. Good question. You're telling me me that you go in with confidence and security and I'm going to call it authenticity, vulnerability, transparency, whatever, however you frame that. But you you go in confident in who you are in these smaller meetings. Mm-hmm. You are not going in confident in who you are into these bigger meetings. And the bigger meetings is where you're struggling. Yeah, that's true. Do you see where I'm going with this here? Keep going. <laughs> I was working with a client once. Super fucking inconsistent. Yeah. Right. But, but you are, you're creating a scenario that ends in the result that you are trying to avoid. You're actually a beautiful example of irony. (laughs) You are creating the very thing you are trying to avoid by trying to avoid it. Yeah. If you were to go, like, let me put it this way. The next big deal you have, you're going to go in with the fear and you're going to go in and create a strategy around avoiding the fear to be inauthentic because you don't want to blow the deal. But doing that is going to guarantee you it's going to blow the deal. So you've got nothing to lose here because Heather, you're going to blow the next big deal. You're just going to. (laughs) You are. You're going to fuck it up. Yeah. yeah, So so your next big deal, you have absolutely nothing to lose if you go in there as you with the transparency and the authenticity and the thing that's successful in the smaller meetings. Like my job is not to be right here. My job is to be disruptive, right? Even when I'm wrong, it takes us in a new direction, right? So it's- all good, yeah. So doing the same thing is going to produce the same results, right? Yeah. So what I'm offering is a strategy, as a tool. And I actually did this for a client before. She was grossly undercharging for her her uh, her services, and like grossly, at least three times. And I said, "Okay, look, I over the next I was seeing her every other week. I said, over the next two weeks, I want you to find three clients, and I want you to quote them four times your going rate." And she laughed at me, right? And I said, "Look, you're you're not going to get the business. You're just right. not okay." The point is not to get the business. What the point is to get you the at-bats of delivering that number without flinching, without blinking, like go in, drop it, and let them say no freaking way. Yeah. Two of the three hired her. (laughs) Yeah. Because 
because her energy was different because she delivered it with that confidence because she knew she wasn't going to get the deal. So she can give shit. Right. Right. So I'm going to offer for you the same tool is to go into an engagement like this, knowing you're not going to get it. And because you're not going to get it, you got nothing to lose. And your opportunity is to show up in a very different way here. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not about getting the deal. It's about getting the practice. Right. That, that resonates. If you get the at bats of going into something that's important with the you that you know yourself to be beyond the head trash and the stories that are just bullshit. Number one, I'll be surprised if they don't hire you. Number two, if they don't hire you, you're still going to walk away feeling pretty fucking good. Just proud of myself that I did. (laughs) Yes. And this is going to, here's the science behind it. This is going to have an effect on your neurochemistry. I'm going to physiologically change the way your brain works. This is going to have a massive effect on your brain waves. This is going to have a total effect on your energy field. You're going to walk away from a potentially losing engagement, feeling a lot better. If you go in and you do a bullshit job, and you actually get the deal, you're going to leave there terrified because now you've got all this stress and anxiety. For production, yeah. Right. Now, you, now you're going to walk out of that meeting going, holy shit, I just sold these people. Now I, I, just, I just wrote a check. I don't know if I can cash, which is going to fuck up the engagement, which is going to fuck up your reputation, right? Like I can track this shit. Well, and what's crazy is even if I've gotten a big thing, I have never once, even with people around me who are like, Oh my God, what the fuck? How the fuck are we going to do this? And I'm like, we're going to figure it out. We'll figure it out. Fit I folk. never freak out about the production or how we get it. I'm just like, if you tell them you can do it, all we got to do is figure out how. We don't have to tell them how much it hurt us, but we'll figure it out. We always do. But that's right. so that's the dichotomy for me. I never like, I, I have a hard, hard time rectifying because I but, never freak out about, about the, okay, now that we have it, no worries that it'll kill when you get it done. No. Right. So Back you, to the you have a huge opportunity here. I mean, look, cause I've, I've been in this position. I can tell you, I can tell you that this works. Okay. The first, my first coaching client ever, this was nine ish years ago or more. I was broke and homeless and living out of my car. This guy was a VP at an international wealth company in interviewing me to talk about working with his team of, I think it was like eight people on how to make them more effective, more efficient, faster, more productive, all those things, right? This guy was making more money by the minute than I was going to see in a month. (laughs) There I was sitting in his office on the other side of his giant oak desk, telling him how I could help him with his business. (laughs) Now, this was not one of those fake it till you make it things. I knew I was fucking good at this. I knew I could do this work. And I prayed he didn't walk me out into the parking lot to see the car that I was driving. But beyond that, that was my big fear in the moment. I wasn't afraid I couldn't do the work. I was afraid he'd walk me out and see my car with all my shit in it. (laughs) Awesome. But he hired me and I produced results for him. But I knew it beforehand I did not use that experience to prove that I could do it. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work that way. So your opportunity is to go into whatever the next big engagement is that what, and whatever it is, what, look, it doesn't even have to be a a big engagement. 
anything that is going to bring up the qualities, the feeling, the energy of that thing that you feel when you go into those big engagements, the things when you want to go into a sales pitch that is more like self-betrayal, the thing that you go in, you go, this is not me, whatever that is. It could be a first date. I don't give a shit what it is, right? Any experience that you're going into where you're going to show up in a way where you are outer reference and going, okay, how do, who do I need to be to hook them? That is an opportunity for you to go in and do it authentically. Mm -hmm. And if you can practice this and lean into the anxiety, lean into, yeah, it is a little uncomfortable. Instead of pulling back, I'm going to lean in. Yeah. I'm super comfortable being uncomfortable. It's what my husband always says about me. But I guess it's getting in the reps, right? I mean, what I haven't done is then shied away from the big thing because I, you know, I'd rather not scrape my face across the pavement again. Do you ever go out to eat? And and if you do, have you ever sent a meal back to the kitchen because it wasn't prepared the way you like it? Yeah, I have. Not often, but yeah. Okay. Not many people do that because they're like, oh, I'll just deal with it. It's like, if that's uncomfortable, that's a great place for you to practice being authentic. Say, you know what? do it kind so they don't sneeze in your food or whatever, right? But that is a place where you can, it doesn't have to be big. Yeah. Right? You don't have to make big sweeping changes. You make small ones consistently to get those at-bats. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what might be an area that you know is coming up that you might try and Ultimately, manipulate another person is what you're doing. You're going to show up authentically because you're trying to get them to, you're trying to hook them and get them to do a certain thing. What, right. What's an opportunity coming up that you know mm, that might be an opportunity where I would be anything less than authentic? Mm, uh, it's not it's not huge stakes, but uh, there's a there's a like constant engagement that I'm sort of part of building at the moment. And my, my world has always been very big sort of high-end clients. Like, you know, they have $34 million to buy media for TV spots, you know, that not that TV is what it is about every day now, but you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's not, you know, the guy who needs a website for um, his lawn mowing business, right? Not that, and not that I wouldn't want to do that too, but I mean, I can do that while I watch TV. But these other things <laughs> are more, you know, right. more at stake and far more challenging. Um, mm-hmm. So this this sort of consortium or whatever that I'm sort of toying with, they're shooting really low. You know, the idea of where you're going to go or what kind of business you're going to get is okay. really low. And so in a way, it's not my vibration. It's not my energy. Right. So what I like happens, the idea of it. Right. But what happens when you go in there and adopt a lower vibration? No, oh, I don't like it. No, it doesn't feel good. Well, and a, well, I'm fucking bored. Okay. So you're bored. It doesn't feel good. You're inauthentic. Here's the other thing. It's incredibly disrespectful to the people that you're working with the other people in this group yeah. you're basically saying i'm going to i'm going to lower my vibration cuz you can't run with me at my level like this is damaging everybody i if agree you, right 
I totally agree. Yeah. When, when, when you, anybody, third person, you, right. When, when you go into the, to an engagement and you dim your light or you play softball, you dishonor and disrespect the other people. I, I played, I played division two NCAA ice hockey. And I got on the ice once with three players that were active players in the NHL at the time. And they did not dumb down their game that much. They just skated with speed and they passed. And they did all, now granted, this is more like practice for them, right? But this is just a pickup game. But I played out of my mind that night. I never played that well before nor after. Right. But them being there, they required me to up my game just to be on the ice with them. Yeah. And, and you, you brought it. And it works. Yeah, it does right? work. Everybody played out of their minds that night. It was nuts. Yeah, absolutely. And it felt I, amazing. And it carried us for months. Yeah. Well, that energy and that emotion is kind of the core of everything. Right. Yeah, and I, I feel the... I feel the disconnect and the, you know, sort of the back and forth um, friction of, I like the idea of what's happening, but it's so not my speed, but, but I like the idea and these are nice people, but, you know, I want to like fling myself out a window. I'm so bored and it's going so slow and plotting. Okay. Then maybe this is not a fit for you, but you're not giving them an opportunity to meet you where you are. Like you're not, you're not providing them an opportunity to level up. Now, if, if you provide them the opportunity and they can't make it, then this is not for you. It's not a fit not and that's you. fine. Yep. Right. It's but really by, that's, you, yeah. by you not providing the opportunity, it's still not a fit and you're not giving them an opportunity because you're already checked out, which is not fair for them. We've sort of had the conversation. Okay. Mm, not sure the leader is buying that. It's not my vibe. Okay. That conversation can be had again. <laughs> I, I think you need to have the conversation. Yeah. And look, and, and I tend to be very bold in my approach. Like you mentioned that scene, that scene earlier where the people said, well, we need to get back to you. Like my style is much more in your face. I'd say, no, you don't. We no, both know. We both know you don't need to get back to me. So what is that all about? Like, if you don't want me, just tell me right now. But the I need to get back to you thing, I can feel that that's not true as a oh, freak. Yeah. Totally. Right? I would love to say to somebody. So what stops you? I don't know. Look, I'm going to tell but you what the, the history and the, the other weird thing, not, and I'm buying into it too, right. is the way, the way I was raised that, you know, I'm supposed to be a lady. And my mom used to say, <laughs> Heather, you're such a lady super feminine. And she goes, until you open your mouth. <laughs> okay. And it's sound like my brother. The whole supposed to be thing, right? Yeah. And I'm not supposed to, I'm not that at all. I know that. Right. So that, that's myself by not saying it. No, your, your opportunity is to live in what is true. And I've said this many times on this podcast and many times in my life. And I've heard this from my teachers. There is a difference between my truth and the truth. My truth is about preferences, right? What I want, what I don't want, like, or don't like. The truth is a frequency that lands in your body. Mm -hmm. 
So when that person said to you, I need to get back to you, the truth that you knew was, no, you don't. Yeah, fuck you. It's that's you, 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 I can feel it, right? I might, and I've said this many times too, I might be wrong about history or, or data or dates or events. I'm never wrong about energy. I can feel it. Yeah. When I mean, somebody says something like that, right? When somebody says something like that to me, you know, even friends like, oh yeah, I'll call you next week. No, you won't. I just, yeah, we all <laughs> I can feel it. Latitude backing out of the room. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it has nothing to do with what they've done in the past. It has nothing to do with data points. I just know because I can feel it. Right. Right. So this is what right. I want you to, I want you to get those at bats. Yeah. Like when, and, and be careful, watch your ego, right? Cause the ego likes to get involved and loves to be right. Um, it has nothing to do with the ego, right? When we get into truth like that, it's not an ego thing. Mm -mm. No, it's uh, definitely a feeling thing. Right. It's a feeling. It's, it's a knowing. It's beyond a feeling. It's a knowing. Yeah. Yeah. It's knowing, knowing here. Right. And that's the connection I want to make for you is because that's exactly, that's a beautiful way to tie this up is getting that knowing in your head into your body, into your heart, into your energy field, because it doesn't come with an edge. It's not like, it doesn't have to be right. You know, the ego thing wants to be right and prove or whatever. This, this deeper knowing is much more grounded. It's much more settled. It doesn't have to scream. It's just, it's so peaceful in my experience. Yeah. Now I know that voice. Yeah. And I often, I'm like, no, sh 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 hang on a minute. <laughs> right. Yeah. So when we talk about truth at that level, it is many things. The woo-woo sect will say truth is kindness, which it is. You know, if somebody's romantically interested in you and you're not romantically interested in them, telling them I'm not interested is the kind thing to kind, do. Yes, yes. Right? Because I mean, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, sometimes hurting their feelings a little bit is actually the kind thing to do, right? More respectful, yeah. It's more respectful, right? And, and it allows them to move on with their lives, right? Right. The other thing, truth is speed. The mm -hmm. more honest, when we connect with truth like that, it is a natural filter for the shit that is not yours. And it gets you to what is to yours a lot faster. It's oh a great God. filter. Yeah. There you go. Did you see the light bulb? Yeah. I just saw your whole being just shifted. That landed. That that just fell in you like an anvil. Yeah. I fucking did. Yeah. I see 15 that. 15 years of like, why the fuck? And I, I could articulate it, but not in a way that it caught like the cogs didn't catch and they just did truth it didn't is work because it was never my it was never my it was never my speed and it wasn't speed because it wasn't true right all right checks in the mail when you are <laughs> when you're aligned with truth you're gonna go here's the other thing this is why money loves speed i'm gonna talk about basic energy for a second here um the higher a frequency is the more power it has. Yep. Okay. Money loves speed because it has more power. So it's moving faster. Like you can't see x-rays. The human eye cannot see x-rays because they're too powerful and they're moving too fast. Right. Faster you go, the more powerful you are. It is much easier to turn to steer a car going 60 than it is one going two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So truth is speed. It's a natural filter. It reduces the drag on your life. It frees up a lot of mental space. It frees up a lot of energy. It, this makes you lighter and faster. It adds to your horsepower and it lessens your weight. Yeah. A lot of aerodynamics going on here. Well, I, my old man's an electromagnetic compatibility engineer. So instead of growing up talking baseball, we talk quantum physics and shit. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. That's yeah. so great. Super nerdy. Yeah. Well, the more you get into quantum physics, the closer you get to all the woo-woo. There's almost no line anymore. Well, and, and that is ultimately where we're going to take you. And this is the point of all this is to get you at a certain energy level, a certain, a certain consciousness so that you're vibrating at a, at a frequency that draws the things into you. Yeah. So you don't have to hustle so much and go and chase them. Like, the faster you go, the faster you go. This gets real easy, real quick, you know, and, and no, this I can... does have to do with basic physics and quantum mechanics and blah, 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 all the nerdy stuff. Read Joe Dispenza, whatever you want to do. Yeah, um, yep. Right. So you have right here and moving forward, a huge opportunity and maybe even obligation that if you are going to be a good steward of your mission, whatever that mission is, Right. You can't afford the luxury of I don't deserve it because that's just misaligned with the outcome. And it's not about you. I don't deserve it is an egoic construct and it's fucking nonsense. <laughs> like my soul came here to build this company to do this work. And if little Chris M. King ego said, I'm not good enough, then that thing doesn't get realized. So it's not about me. It's about that thing. And you get and to come you, back and do it again if you fuck it up. <laughs> right. So you have a responsibility to that thing. Right. So does now is this where we go to like, okay, what do you want? And then I come back in three weeks and I tell you what I want. And then you go, okay, Nick, that's great. Okay. Now really, what do you fucking want? And then I have well, to do I mean, we can, Yeah. I mean, we can certainly have that conversation if you <laughs> Right. It's like, look, I, I would even say I would frame it a little differently. What is the thing that the universe is trying to birth through you and you're in its fucking way? Amen. Right. So because, again, what I want, well, that's my little ego talking. What am I here? What am I in service to? Like, I'm not even in service to, to people so much. I mean, people say that like, oh, it's so great. You help people. You're in service to people. I'm really not. I'm in service to the thing that's trying to come through them. And they, as people, are in my way. Yeah, well, you're trying to suck them all up to a higher vibration. Right. I'm like, look, the universe wants that thing to happen. We're going to make it happen. And the fact that it benefits you and you live the life of your dreams is great, right? Yeah. So you would agree with the sentiment if somebody, I have some thing I want to build or drive at, and I've been dragging my feet on it because I, you know, of the bullshit anvil of, you know, whatever has been, I can't drag that down the street. I'm, I'm in the way of the universe pushing me. And now yeah. I can get, now just get the fuck out of the way. I mean, the ideas yeah. are planted for a reason, right? They come divinely come to you and you get, I've gotten lost in like, okay, was that, a bigger I, an idea bigger than me, or was that my big idea? 
in in my experience, if it doesn't scare the shit out of you, you haven't connected to it yet. It's the thing oh, that makes you go, oh my God, there's no way. I There's no way I could do that. Like, but it lights you up inside and then immediately go, oh my God, it's like, it's too much. Well, that's how you know. That's how you know. One, right. Because right. you're scared. To and death. it could be anything. It really, it, it doesn't mean we're going to change. It doesn't mean you're going to solve all the world's problems or fix the tax system or whatever, or how to <laughs> achieve world peace or end human trafficking. I mean, or I anything. think I'd start with healthcare, honestly, but it, sure. it, could be, it could be something is God, I've been, I've been wanting to write that book for 40 years. God damn it. It's time. Like, yeah. because that's the thing that's coming through. It doesn't necessarily have to seem like some earth changing thing. You know, it's the thing that's trying to come through you. Well, it's the, it could be the big thing for you. It's not necessarily the big thing for the right. world. And it's, it's also usually the step to the next thing. There's always, there, there seems to be more behind it, right? So you write the book, which creates the thing, which creates the next thing, which opens the door to this new thing. I mean, I, you know, there's, it doesn't seem to stop coming, but your job is to be the person that you need to be to facilitate its opening. And I'm not good enough is misaligned with that. This is there's it's not about right or wrong, good or bad. It's simply aligned or misaligned with that. And what we say is there's just an alignment problem here. And so the question becomes, what do I need to do? What do I need to screw together in my psychology? What do I need to do in terms of my physiology, my brain waves, my neurobiology? What do I need to do in my actions, in my mindset? What are the strategies and the and the uh, skills and tools I need to practice so that it affects my energy field so that all this can happen, right? It's just, it's a big thing. <laughs> There's a lot going on. But you know it when you're there. Right. You know it when, like, you just know it. It's a feeling. Like I said, when I know when I'm so dialed in, when I'm so aligned, it, and it usually happens for me, it happens when I'm working with a client, or when I'm on a stage. Like, I just, I'm in the zone. Yeah, I it's a flow. It's, Totally you know, talk well. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And most of the time, you know, somebody will say, what, what did you say a minute ago? I have no idea because <laughs> it's just coming through. Right? So you're kind of channeling all right. of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I, awesome. I'm good at following when I know it here versus here. I mean, right. I know this when it's, I know it here, it's bullshit. Uh, but if I know it in my heart, it's a different no, right? It's a different knowing. So we've covered a lot of concepts here. So yeah, I get and, it all. And you've got a lot of tools. You get it all. Now drop it from your head. Let's drop it down. Let's get it into your body. This could, this could be a five-minute meditation every day. This could be, um, I'm not a big affirmations guy. They just, they don't really work for me. I, I don't really like them. They, they set off my internal bullshit detector. I think there are better tools than those. If they work for you, great. I'm not a fan. Um, <laughs> but the point is to, to get that knowing from here and drop it down into there and then give yourself the at bats to prove this theory. Right. Yep. Awesome. What questions do you have? Oh my God. I don't know. It's amazing. How did you do that? 15 years of beating myself up for not back-to-back, -back, but sort of a back-to-back -back series of shit that I knew I should have never gone there and done that thing with these people. And it wasn't, and I did it anyway, because I was, I was 
saying I was following, I know it's good for me here because, you know, it's a great job with shit piles of money. And blah, blah, blah. and I cried the whole way there. Right. <laughs> no, I, I said no to a job when I was broken homeless. I, I respectfully declined a job offer to get into commercial real estate because I knew I was going to build a great life with a great income. And then three years later, being a soul sucking job that I then had a lifestyle that required the income to support it. And I was like, no. I'm not doing that again. Uh -uh. I'm following, I'm following what I know is true. Right. For you. And it's working. And when you see it work for other people, it also helps. I've done this a couple of times. I decided to trash a six figure career to make, to become a radio DJ, which is an impossible job. And I made, when I finally got a part-time job making $12 an hour at the time in 2004 (laughs) or something, three, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous but I had to follow what was true. But then you did that thing. And so you were able to then go do the next thing. And I, I think the, right. what if is the bitch too, that we also drag around with us. If you and don't you, do it, you, if you align your human system, mind, body, spirit, your psychology, your physiology, and your energy, if you align your human system with an outcome, you cannot fail. That doesn't necessarily mean you'll get the thing that you set out for. It means that your definition of success will probably change, but I guarantee you success and it will, it will make your life better. Guaranteed. Hmm. Truth is speed. Truth is speed. That, that changed my life just then. That was such a clear message. Like all the switches that were off, there was a seat, click, 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 click. You're good. Sounds like we just lit the circuit. <laughs> circuit that was offline is now online. So what I'd like, I would, I'm going to invite you to get on my calendar in about six weeks and let me know where you're at. If something comes up in the meantime, if you need support, if you have questions, if you want to celebrate something awesome that happened, if whatever, like reach out to me. There, I, I made a contract with the universe when I said yes to this work that I would support what needed to happen. And so if something comes up and you have questions or need feedback or something, reach out to me. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I, you know, I, I feel like the pilot light got lit. Awesome. Wow. An hour. One hour. You fixed 15 fucking years of, do you know how many therapists I've been to? Or like probably at least eight journals of like, why, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Well, I'm getting slow. I disentangled uh, uh, 40 years in about eight minutes a few weeks ago. So I guess I'm, I guess I'm <laughs> going down a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> well, but I'm so glad that That's you got so what you came for. And, uh, and like I said, you need anything, you reach out. Okay. That's amazing. Chris, brilliant. Huge thanks. Thank you so much, Heather. 15 years of crap disentangled with three words and within an hour, Heather is completely shifting into a new reality where she can achieve her moonshot goals. If you want to have a transformational experience on Mindfuck, you can go to statusflow.net and apply to be on the show. You can also check out all of our impossible programs, our flagship program, Moonshot Group Cohorts. We've got one-on-one engagements, team engagements, whatever it is you need to achieve your impossible, we've got it, statusflow.net. Thanks again for joining us. We will see you next time. 